the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thoughts control. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Well, good afternoon. This is Rebecca Hagstrom and Abigail Johnson as your hosts of Education America. And we're so glad that you're joining us today. We always like to say, save the classroom, save the country. And the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next, spoken by our wonderful Abraham Lincoln, um, our 16th president. So we're very excited about our show today. And Abigail, it's always wonderful to do this with you. And I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce our, our two phone guests today. We have excellent guests here with us today. As we do always say in the intro, you might want to take notes on this one um, because both of our guests have so much um, knowledge into something that is so very important for parents to know and understand, um, particularly parents who have children in school-age children right now. So I want to introduce Jennifer McWilliams and Alvin, and I'm sorry, Alvin, I'm going to butcher your last name. Is it Lou or Louis? Louis. Louis. I apologize. You got it. I should have I right. should have checked. And so Jennifer McWilliams uh, goes around the country. She has a business discussing and working with all sorts of groups of people, helping them understand um, what the types of political and sexual indoctrination that happens through what's called SEL. And our audience knows what that is, social emotional learning. We have discussed it numerous times and how it has infiltrated school districts across America. And then Alvin Louie also is the president of Courage is a Habit. And that is a group that is helping defend children from indoctrination and helping parents, equip parents to basically teach their children what that is and how to stand up to it. And we are so thankful to have both of these mm-hmm. guests on with us today. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Well, so it sounds, I'm going to start with you, Jennifer. It sounds like you were experiencing and seeing things in schools that became red flags for you. And, you know, this whole social emotional learning, that terminology has actually been around for a while, but we're only hearing about it more recently. But this has actually, it really began about 10 years ago, I believe, um, through Common Core. I was seeing more of it um, being pushed in the schools uh, around the time that Common Core was accepted at a lot of the, in a lot of the states. So I'm assuming you, you experienced this yourself firsthand with your own children and, and you saw some red flags. And um, tell us a little bit about what some of those red flags were and what caused you to go ahead and speak out and act. Sure. So um, 
back in 2019, I was actually teaching at an elementary school in Indiana. We were in our third year of this um, transformation under social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a process when they bring SEL into the schools. But by the third year, it was becoming, um, you know, an issue that was coming up constantly in our teacher training and our in our meetings and the way that the, the school operated. So um, I started to kind of dig into it because it was really hard at the time to put my finger on what was going on, but it just didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. I noticed that a lot of the focus um, was shifting from academic excellence to, um, you know, the belief system, the attitudes, values, morals, worldview of the children mm -hmm. and how we needed to shape that. And so that, that was my first big red flag. And, and as I started to go through the year um, and start to use the social emotional learning program with students where we were doing things like role playing with them on how they should react to certain social scenarios and, um, you know, how in the teacher training, they wanted us to always remind these kids that they have to apply these skills. So I became very concerned about it. And in my research, what I found was very concerning. So I started speaking out. My school actually uh, fired me for oh speaking out against, against the system. Unbelievable. Really? And, and what was their excuse for firing you? Were they upfront about it? Or were they, did they try to make up some other charge? Yeah, they, well, I had posted a blog post about the social emotional learning program on my personal media, social media, um, in my own personal time. And I did that on a Monday and on Friday, they pulled me into the office and said that I was not being a team player and that I was not being honest about the, the program, which oh I was, gosh. that they fire me. So unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. But it, you know, the, the silver lining was I, you know, they wanted to silence me. They wanted to use me as, as an example, you know, bully other people into silence. And I just continued my work and research. And now I, spend my time educating people on the system because I understand it from the inside out and yeah. the damage that it's doing to these children. Yeah. So it was almost in a way it was almost um, <laughs> counterproductive for them because yes. they made you more of a spokesperson by firing you than they would have if they would have kept you on staff, ironically, huh? They, they did. They did. <laughs> Good for you though. That's, that's such a wonderful thing for you to be talking about because I think more and more parents are starting to recognize that something's wrong, but they don't always know where it originates. And that was the other thing that we wanted to ask you about, you know, how did social emotional learning get into our schools? So social emotional learning, a lot of teachers or administrators will say, oh, this is what we've always done, but that's not true. Um, you know, prior to SEL, we had what was called character education, which some people had issues with as well. Uh, but social-emotional learning took off, and by 2016, it was in over 90% of the public school system. Um, mm -hmm. And it re when Obama came out with his Every Student Succeeds Act, it mm -hmm. required schools to collect non-cognitive data on children. Yeah. And when they did that, um, the social-emotional learning was the answer to the schools, and so they just adopted it. Um, I think a lot of them, I would assume most of them at the time, not even realizing what kind of um, thing they were bringing into the system. Mm -hmm. The problem with social-emotional learning is they say, you know, that they're just teaching empathy and building relationships and managing emotions. But what they did not tell people is that all of that is delivered to these children through an equity lens, meaning through the viewpoint of a critical race theorist. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, someone that believes in gender ideology as a truth. And mm-hmm. so that's the part that they leave out that's been very deceptive for parents mm-hmm. to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, that even is, harkens back to um, even prior to Obama's um, education era when they were passing anti-bullying legislation across states in the U.S. And it was the very same thing, Jennifer, where they would use anti-bullying legislation because who wants to be in favor of bullying? Nobody wants mm-hmm. to be in favor of bullying. Um, and so the, the, the program that was shown was, well, we're going to teach kids how to treat one another with kindness and respect. But what wasn't upfront was the fact that they were also going to be making sure students who did have, you know, gender issues or, you know, the whole LGBTQ realm, um, it wasn't just making sure that they were treated with respect, but making sure that students began to accept these views as their own. And um, they were very subversive about that in this anti-bullying legislation. So it seems that this SEL is really taking the same tack. It, it is. And the thing that people have to ask themselves is through whose lens mm-hmm. is this mm-hmm. being delivered, right? Yeah. You can teach empathy. You can teach self-awareness, responsible decision-making, all of those things that they say are good. And most people would agree, yes, I want my children to succeed in those skills. Mm-hmm. But through whose lens are they teaching them? Because we all have different ideas of what's appropriate for our children. Yeah. And our government has adopted this equity lens as the way that, um, in, in a way to shift it, what they would say is the consciousness of children. And that is not the job of the schools. This program came in and it took uh, precedence over teaching academics. They said that this is more important to shift the consciousness through this mm-hmm. equity lens than teaching academics. And we're seeing the effects of it everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity, and then I want to make sure that we get um, Alvin... Um, on the Louis on the show as well. Um, but I am just curious, were they really upfront with you when you were still teaching that this is going to replace academics or was it more subtle than that? What they tell um, people and teachers, I will still hear them um, spout this talking point off is that uh, the children are coming to school and they're not being taught the life skills they need at mm-hmm. home. The parents mm-hmm. can no longer do it. <laughs> and so in order for, for children to learn academics or how to give in society, they have to take that role of the parent and teach these skills to the children first. And a lot of teachers have all kinds of problems because, you know, it's, it's been created for them. They brought it in the chaos and here they are with the solution. Uh, but a lot of teachers say, yeah, my kids aren't learning. Of course, they don't. They leave out the fact that Common Core made academics a mess. Right. They say that there's no behavior. There's no um, the, the kids don't know how to behave. But they also leave out that they've changed the way that they do discipline where there's no consequences. Right. And then so the teachers say, yes, my class is a mess. And then they listen and they say, OK, we have to teach these life skills first before they can learn anything else. Oh, my okay. goodness. That is so well put. I think you articulated that the best that I've ever heard anybody articulate or articulate it. That is so great for you to be able to explain that to people, because it's really easy to be snowed by what these districts and and even private schools are telling us. Um, But yeah, if you remove the the real academic program, teaching kids math the correct way and teaching kids how to read the correct way, because there are correct ways, by the way, we know from research what works, and then we take away discipline, then what do we expect? And then Mm -hmm. you're going to solve it with SEL. That's really interesting. I'm so glad that you articulated that. 
And Jennifer, I wanted to ask, what is one of the key points of, I would say, confusion that you hear from, from the groups that you go around and speak to um, around SEL, that you hear from all of the different groups that you are talking to, where they're just, they're floundering maybe a little bit to understand, it sounds so good, but it's not. How, what tools are you giving them and helping them, you know, kind of sift through this information? Right. So they use extremely innocuous language, and that's been the problem for a long time, and it still is. Um, I know Courage has um, a, a tool that explains this, but they, what we tell them is they are using your vocabulary but not your definition. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it, in order for us to get people to understand and see through this lens, they have to realize that these words are no longer defined by um, what we would have typically traditionally thought they were doing in school. And so, you know, just like if they stop, start using other words, they stop using empathy and use, you know, uh, whatever, compassion, right? People have to understand and be able to decipher through what the language means because they, it, they have, it's a game of semantics deception and they have adopted new definitions for these words. And that's, that's probably the hardest thing for us to get through to people mm-hmm. because most people are good people and want these things to mean good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, Alvin, um, I know that you have a personal story that helped you identify the shift here in the U.S. towards communistic culture. And I know that may seem like we're kind of coming out of left field, but there's really a lot of commonality from this whole SEL and what they're promoting, as Jennifer said earlier. Um, it's really coming from the lens of critical race theory. And so you started to really notice these um commonalities, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. My great-grandfather ran from communism in, 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 uh, in China. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And uh, most, uh, and the, the Mao's Cultural Revolution. Hmm. So today in America, we don't have a whitewash of history. We have a redwash. Yes. Uh, this is why uh, kids, um, most teenagers or even college kids today have no idea of what communism really is. Mm-hmm. what Mao really is, and the millions of people that died under this um, regime and ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think most people under 30 years old actually don't even under, don't even realize that China wasn't always communist. I think most people in America think China has just been communism since from, from 2000 years ago, and right. that's not true. Right. Mm-hmm. It came in not that long ago. And so it's not that I see the similarities, it, it is. It is. It is the what, same. It, about, it is Marxism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, social emotional learning, if you go back to the roots of the fathers, and, you know, nobody in the country is better at this than Jennifer. But if you get her to come back and, and talk about the history of it, the, the, the fathers and grandfathers, they all have these Marxist roots. And they all believe that America is oppressive that needs to be torn down. Mm-hmm. This is why now that it's infiltrated and saturated our school systems, mm-hmm. you see exactly what Mao's red guard is in the form of Black Lives Matter, in the form of the transgender cult activating the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is exactly what um, Mao's communist revolution was. It was separating children from their families and weaponizing children um, against the current country until it's taken over. Mm-hmm. And that is just to me the most frightening thing is separating the parents from the yes. children and, and making parents in children's eyes, making parents 
for lack of a better word, just kind of foolish and uninformed or outdated and making sure that the kids don't respect their parents' views on these things. And I know we had, um, she, what's she her Van last name? Fleet. Van Fleet on just a few weeks ago. She's great. Uh, oh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Yeah. And she talked about this happening in her own family, yes. even. Even with her grandparents. Oh, yes. yes. And her oh, yes. parents then didn't really want her to spend much time with the grandmother because she was viewed as bad. And then they didn't talk because she was a landowner. And then they didn't talk much about what was happening in the country because they were afraid that she would turn them in. Mm-hmm. And so she really didn't really get to talk about much of this growing up just because they were afraid that she would then turn on them and be taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's, I think it's uh, disrespecting your parents or seeing them as foolish. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably a, a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is that they've went way beyond that. It's not that parents are foolish uh, or outdated, because what teenagers don't think that is mm-hmm. that parents are actually <laughs> dangerous. Yes, mm, that's right. That's the, mm-hmm. the difference. If they're, ding- they're first of all, they're unsafe and abusive if yeah. they don't succumb to the transgender ideology. Yes. And so that's why the transgender ideology is a process. It's not the end goal, even though it's horrific and we fight it very, very hard. Mm-hmm. We give parents a lot of tools to fight it. It is horrific, but it's not the end goal at all. It's actually just part of the process. The end goal is to separate the child from the family. Yes. And so you know how to do that. You have this, you have to deem the parents uh, unsafe and abusive and they need to be removed uh, because the parents are unsafe and abusive Mm -hmm. today in schools that keep secrets from parents. Yes. You've got bills coming across the country, like in Minnesota, Colorado, New Jersey, Washington, California, of course. Yes. Uh, The transgender, what we call the transgender trafficking bills. Mm Mm-hmm where children can cross state lines uh, and the parents cannot go get them because the parents are not agreeing to the uh, body-destroying transgender drugs or uh, surgical mutilations. Well, and Alvin, in the state of Minnesota, which is where Rebecca and I are located, um, I don't know whether or not you're aware, the bill in Minnesota actually goes even further. They can Mm -hmm. take the child, uh, the state is allowed to take custody of the child. Mm Right. Right. That's right. And it's, it's just a, it's a copycat bill of SB 107 in California. Okay. Okay. It's just yeah. a copycat bill is exactly well, that right. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. We know we, that a governor wants to... We want nothing more apparently than to news. be like California okay. except with terrible weather and the wine yeah. is not nearly as good. So And, and now they, now <laughs> they have the... California tri- without the weather. Yes. Oh, I know. Boy, that's, yes. a, that's even worse, that's right? Good, that's not a good model to go <laughs> no, through. <laughs> it sure isn't. It sure isn't. And actually, to your point about wanting to separate children from their parents, I actually just had... A parent from our school share a story with me yesterday where a good friend of hers had her children in one of our local school districts, and the girl is in sixth grade. And for history, well, it's probably social studies because they don't teach history anymore. Um, they they were showing their their curriculum was every day they were watching CNN and discussing this. <laughs> and this is right. this fair, is fair and balanced. And I had another parent pop up and say. <laughs> Well, that's what they were doing in my daughter's district, too. Totally different district in the Twin Cities. But what was even scarier about the sixth grade child is that the mother contacted the school and said, I do not want my child being, you know, having to watch CNN. That's not history. It's not social studies. And kind of what's the point? And so I would like her to not have to do that. The very next day when this girl went to school, 
the girl was taken out of class and they were they asked her, do you feel safe at home? Wow. Yes, this is a sixth grade girl. And this is in a district right around here in the Twin Cities. And that mother, of course, is going to be pulling her kids out. I would have pulled them out that day. (laughs) She's pulling them out at the end of the year. But I I just thought, are you kidding me? And imagine, they they know, right, that middle school kids and especially girls, I mean, the ups and downs with your parents, as you pointed out, that goes through the end of time. And and a child like that doesn't know the ramifications. What if she did get into a fight with her mother that morning and, you know, and said, well, actually, I, my mom is so controlling and so mean. You know, can you imagine Mm -hmm. where that would have gone? That's it. And, yeah. So it's, it is happening. So folks. Alvin, what are some of the, you know, I was, uh, listeners, I was talking to Mr. Louie before the show and commenting they have a really fantastic um, Twitter feed going on, especially this week. So if you are participating on Twitter, look up Courage is a Habit and take a look at some of the things that they're doing. Um, we have about uh, seven minutes left and I'd love to get into some of the details, Alvin, on um, we were discussing transgender trafficking and the mm-hmm. parallels to sex trafficking and things mm-hmm. that parents may not be aware of because again, like you said, that's it's a process. Uh, would you mind going through some of the details and that I think it would be really useful for listeners mm-hmm. to hear about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So our Twitter is Courage Habit. Um, all our socials is is, is Courage Habit. Um, and our our website is courageisahabit.org, courageisahabit.org. And so we have a catalog of tools for parents. For the short time that we have, I will say that the um, two best things that parents can do is go to courageisahabit.org and click on uh, school counselors. The majority of the indoctrination is coming through this mental health initiatives, which is, of course, where social emotional learning mm-hmm. is, is, is hiding under. Mm-hmm. And so the school counselors and social workers are pushing transgender ideology, of course, critical race theory ideology. And again, they're not teaching about what critical race theory is, is they're influencing them through the social emotional learning programs. So if you click on school counselors, uh, we expose them for who they are so that for your audience, you can they, you can see for themselves. Uh, we expose them using their own in their own natural habitat, mm-hmm. their own conferences and things like that. Their That's own training. Good. That's important. But yeah. at the end of each of the items under school counselors is an opt out form written by our attorney. And I encourage every parent fill it to fill that out. They get to the school and say, my child is not to have any formal or informal meetings or contact with any mental health professionals. Okay. I want parents to remember that when you send your kids to anything from a doctor to a dentist to a uh, violin class or gymnastics class, chances are you probably vet, vetted them or got referrals or did your own research. You don't know who these people are. There's no reason why anyone should be telling, talking to your child about mental health anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so that you got to keep them away from that, especially because these school counselors and social workers, they're all missionaries. Mm-hmm. They're all missionaries to do one thing, which is to disciple, to put your child under discipleship mm-hmm. under the transgender ideology. That is mm-hmm. what they're trained to do, and that's what we expose them for. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would say is under school counselors, um, besides the, the behind closed doors, the behind clo- what we call behind closed doors exposures, there is something called a stranger danger. Mm-hmm. There's four strategies we wrote for parents to help uh, teach your child how to inoculate themselves when they're away from you. Mm. We understand 
it's very difficult uh, to pull kids out. We do encourage, if you can, to pull your children out. Um, obviously, it, it can be done, but it's obviously going to be very difficult depending on your life circumstance. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, uh, we give you this stranger danger as uh, some ideas to help you inoculate your children. Um, and then our catalog, just it, just, it covers almost everything uh, that parents are facing, and we continue to put on out more tools. It's for the average parent. I, I don't, and so when you come to the site, it's a pretty deep catalog, but it's all made for you. It's not made for people like Jen and I. It's not made for people who are in it all the time. It's made for the mm-hmm. average parent that don't have, you know, 10 hours, 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I will say that, uh, you know, uh, Jen recently just released a special program called 30 for 30 and 30. And she's reaching 30, 30 families, 30 groups in 30 days. And she's running an incredible program and an incredible special that she, you know, normally she can't, you know, uh, do that many mm-hmm. in such a short time. But she really wants to help uh, as many parents as she can to not only understand what's happening, but to also now that summer's coming up, do you pull your kids or do you not? Mm-hmm. And yeah. to help them make that informed decision. So. Um, I really, it, you know, we can talk about this, you can read our tools, but to have her come in and train them, really, it's all the difference in the world because she shortens that learning curve. She answers your questions individually. Um, she dives into your school districts. She, you know, she, she has a program where she dives into your specific school district. So I would say, you know, visiting her at Jennifer McWilliams Consulting. Hmm. Um, dot com really just to take advantage of that 30 and 30 it's 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 really remarkable what she's doing that's great and jennifer mm-hmm. i had a question for you about that are you seeing um you know we're we're here in in minnesota we're very aware that um we are we live in a blue state and they have you know they're pushing progressive policies so it's and it's becoming more clear by the day um what the agenda is in education however what do you see in red states, because there are some states that are pushing back against these ideologies. However, as you know, Alvin said, um, many times these aren't necessarily teachers or school counselors. They're, they're, a pop, you know, they're disciples. They're mm-hmm. going out with a, you know, an advocate mindset. What are you seeing in states that lean more purple or red? Sure. Well, you know, I'm in, I'm in Indiana, which is a super red majority, mm-hmm. and it's rampant here. There are, we have seen you know, some successes, actually, uh, Indiana just passed a law to um, get rid of the obscenity exemption loophole, which allowed the pornography in the books. So that's, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they are bringing in more um, bills that are pushing this social emotional learning under the guise of, you know, mental health interventions. So there, there is no state or school district that is um, exempt for this or safe from this. I agree that the, you know, the more blue states are, are pushing further ahead faster, mm-hmm. but every state, every school district is on the same track. And, um, you know, as far as um, Alvin was talking about what I'm trying to do with my 30 and 30, which I appreciate that very much, um, is that one of the things that I talk about is that you, we have a massive movement right now of people getting involved, parents, just people concerned in education. And what I really want to do is help people understand the, the systemic change that social emotional learning brought because it changed the way our teaching methods, it shifted the culture of the school, it changed the counseling, the mental health um, interventions they provide, the behavior policies. And so, you know, while exposure of lessons or books or a, you know, a specific radical teacher 
that is all important. So I am not trying to discourage anyone from doing that. We need that done. It is also important to understand the systemic change, the roots that you have to go after in order to stop it instead of just playing whack-a-mole all right, the time. Right, yeah, right, absolutely. On that note, on that note, we already have come to the end of our time with you two, and I think we need to have you back. And Jennifer, yes. we may reach out to you for being an education and society speaker at our school, Liberty Classical Academy, this fall, and maybe Alvin could come with you. Um, but we are grateful for your time today, and we ask our listeners to check us out on savetheclassroom.com, savetheclassroom.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.